and welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Oh my gosh, guys. Today we have a very special guest, Miss Mia Mercado herself. If you've listened to this podcast at all, even just a few episodes, we've definitely covered an article from Mia during that episode because she writes some of my favorite ones. So it was such a joy to have her on. You know, it's an hour is like never enough time. There are so many things I regret not talking to her about. I wanted to talk to her about the Adam Levine drama with all these girls coming out of the woodwork. I saw the original girl who posted about him cheating and wanting to name his son after her, like right after she posted it. I was like, oh, this is so pop piping hot. This is going to blow up. So I wanted to talk to her about that. I wanted to talk to her about the Real Girlfriends of Paris on Bravo and the Come Up on Freeform, which I highly recommend both of those shows. I might talk about more about them next week. I'm trying to get to the interview for you guys. I then at the end when we had stopped recording, I asked her if she knew Michael Thomas White. Uh, If you go back a few episodes, you'll know what I'm referring to about that. And she thinks I should interview him. I still am feeling a little bit weird about it and I just don't know what to ask him but and I'm still waiting for some of y'all's input but so far you guys are the ones who've talked to me are saying I should reach out and get him to actually come on the pod so maybe that's in the future but anyways here you go here's Mia Mercado we have Mia Mercado here she used to be an editor for Hallmark greeting cards which is a job that rom-com dreams are made of now she is a two-time published author and freelancer that contributes to tons of publications including The Cut and you guys definitely know Mia's name because we discuss her work on Kind of Cute all the time so welcome to Kind of Cute Mia thank you so much for being here thank you for having me can you tell us where you are right now yeah I'm in Kansas City Kansas I'm born and bred Midwest. I'm originally from Wisconsin, but I live in Kansas City. I'm in a house. Nice. I I love Midwesterners. I feel like all my favorite people are Midwesterners. We're all right. We're pretty good. (laughs) How did you end up in Kansas, though, in particular? For Hallmark. So I uh, started working at Hallmark, which is based, their headquarters is based in Kansas City. Um, I moved here right after I graduated college and started working as an editor for them and have been here ever since. Okay, so this is obviously a podcast about The Cut, and you're a contributing writer. You have a recurring column called I Can't Shut Up About, and can you explain a little bit about how that came to be? Yeah, so I worked as The Cut's morning blogger for about a year, and that position kind of entailed writing about whatever trending thing was going on at that time so like a lot of pop culture stuff a lot of Kravis a lot of celebrity proposals and also just any kind of like general um like newsy stuff like we talked a lot about Roe versus Wade we you know just pretty much anything that people were talking about so that was my main focus while I was the morning blogger and then Um, I left mostly to focus on like my own writing, but before I left, I pitched a column called I Can't Shut Up About, which is, I I like to describe it as a shallow dive into whatever my online obsession is of the week. So I have talked about um, Kiki Palmer and her press tour for Nope. Um, I've talked about the old clips of the Tyra Banks show that have been circulating like everywhere and are just absolutely bonkers. Um, yeah, just whatever, whatever is like 
kind of niche trending somewhere online that I happen to stumble across is uh, usually the fodder for that column. <laughs> yes, niche online is very in line with this podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> love that. And I don't even know if you remember writing or when you first started at The Cut, when you were the morning blogger, you you had to answer who was your personal totally kind of hot. Do you remember who you gave as your answer? <laughs> no. <laughs> now I'm trying to remember. Did I say... Oh, see, now I'm... My brain... Andy Samberg is like my number one celebrity crush, but I think he's just hot. Hot. I don't think he needs to be like justified oh, for any reason. Yes. Did I say Mr. Ratburn? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Andy Samberg is a normal answer. Like, it, Mr. Ratburn. Uh huh. Mr. Ratburn from classic, you know, classic millennial heartthrob, Mr. Ratburn, the math teacher from the PBS animated show, you Arthur. Know, I had never seen it before. I, or I'd never seen him. No, I've seen Arthur. <gasps> I'd never seen. Okay, I was oh, going to say, oh, did you have cable no, growing I up lo- unlike I, I did? I Arthur. <laughs> um, I even had like the computer game that I was obsessed with. But I had just never considered yes, Mr. Ratburn yes. as um, totally kind of hot. But, you know. He's an acquired taste. I think as a kid, not for me. I was probably more of a... What's the bunny's name? Buster? <laughs> I, was probably, I was probably more into the... But this is all very weird. Mr. Ratburn is hot. <laughs> so I just had to, you know, throw you in the deep end there to start off. Um, so something I've been curious about is, do you get any sort of perks as a freelancer or a writer in general? Like, is there something looking back on that you're like, wow, that was just incredible. I can't believe I got that opportunity. Um... Honestly, the the biggest perk right now for me as somebody living in the Midwest is that I will get sent free stuff every once in a while as like a, maybe this is something you could write about. And usually I'm like, I would love to try your delicious snack and consider um, writing about it. And then I probably won't write about it. So I do get like little like promo stuff like that, usually from like, I don't know. I've gotten a lot of stuff from, um, what's it called? Uh, White Claw. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's nothing like super fancy or anything. Um, Yeah, I haven't got like, I haven't been on any like big work trips. I'm very intimidated by the idea of interviewing people. I admire anyone that (laughs) is able to just like have a conversation with a stranger and not just be stressed out the whole time. And the idea of doing that with anybody that's even a little bit famous stresses me out. So I usually like pass on any opportunity that is like interview somebody that's kind of a big deal so um yeah most of my opportunities are getting um free hard seltzer and (laughs) that's kind of the beginning and end of it okay I totally get it because I am so I'm usually a solo hosted podcast so I don't do a ton of um interviews and I also get very nervous I am currently very nervous so Uh, I feel that but I think you would be great at it and is there like a specific celebrity that you had the opportunity that you turned down? Um, no, I don't think there's been any like one big person. There's been like, I was, there are people that have like publications that I've worked with that are, that have talked about like, oh, if we get somebody that is related to comedy, would you want to talk to them? And usually my answer is like, it depends, but probably, <laughs> probably not. I don't know. I mean, I think I say that now, but if the opportunity came, I probably would say yes. Yeah, no, I don't have any, like, juicy, like, A-list celebrities that 
I have on my, oh no, I just remembered, I talked to Spencer Pratt. That's like the most famous person. I have a voicemail from Spencer Pratt because he called and my phone went to voicemail and he left a little voicemail. <laughs> so I, I'm obsessed with Spencer Pratt. Oh my God. It was a wild, like, I don't even know how long we talked for. It could have been five minutes. It could have been an hour and a half because I asked him maybe two questions and then he just talked. And I was like, perfect. That's the perfect way for me, a very novice interviewer, <laughs> to experience an interviewee. Just ask you one question and then have you go off. So what was the voicemail? Um, him just being like, hey, um, is this Mia? This is Spencer Pratt. Call me back. <laughs> <laughs> I would like make that my ringtone. I'm not even kidding. Oh, I like, made I, sure I, to I, save it. <laughs> it's my most prized <laughs> possession now. What um, publication was that for? I feel like I need to go read that one. That was for, so that was for the cut. That was for the very first installation of I Can't Shut Up About. It was about um, his TikToks where he rewatched um, The Hills and was like pausing and then giving behind the scenes facts about like, okay, so the voiceover that you're hearing there is not from this conversation and it sounds like I'm talking to this person, but actually that's a clip of me talking to this other person and... Yeah, so I, which is wonderful and fascinating to me, and usually my favorite part of any kind of, like, reality TV show is the aftermath where people come on, like, TikTok and are like, so all of the stuff you saw was not real, which, like, obviously, but it's fun to hear it from someone like Spencer Pratt that has absolutely no filter. Oh, yeah, and now that you say that, I 100% read that article, and I think I even talked about it on here. I don't even know I was computing that you actually, like, got to interview him, but oh, that's yeah. that's incredible. <laughs> um, okay, so how would you say, you know, and maybe I'm putting this on you and this is not the case, but when I read your stuff, like, you definitely seem like a historian and a lover of pop culture through and through. Would Would you agree with that? Yeah, I don't think that my... I would say my I'm, my knowledge is wide and not very deep. Like I, I like a little taste of everything, but I don't know if I'm an expert on any one subject. And like I briefly mentioned, I didn't grow up with cable as a like, I'm 32. So like the internet was just coming to be when I was also coming to be. So like I didn't, the stuff that I had access to, I like devoured and yeah, so, like, I, I was very obsessed with, like, Mary-Kate and Ashley growing up. That was, like, I feel like my first foray into people that were not just, like, okay, they're, like, actors, but also they sing, kind of, and then they have clothing lines, and they have, like, uh, perfume lines, and they have books, and I think just the idea that this one, these, like, two young people could be doing so many things was mind-boggling to me and kind of made me like, how, how, how are these two people that are just like me <laughs> and, and doing all these cool things? Oh my God. Yeah. Who didn't want to be Mary-Kate and Ashley? And I was the same way. I feel like I was such a fan from the early stuff to even when they were on like so little time and had the crimped hair. <gasps> uh, yes. <laughs> yes. All of the like straight to VHS, like holiday in the sun. So good. Uh, all of them. Well, I guess you kind of just answered it, but I mean, how would you say you kind of got into pop culture? Um, was that your was that I your mean, route? Probably, honestly, yeah, probably just uh, being a kind of self centered little child wanting to like see anything even remotely like me anywhere. Like, I feel like seeing 
young girls like on TV made me like, well, one, I like, I feel like I'm glad that I did not grow up with access to uh, YouTube and TikTok because I would have just humiliated myself tenfold because all I wanted, I was like, I desperately want to be famous. And so I would just devour anything that was kind of like just tangential to that. So I feel like the stuff that I was obsessed with was stuff that I could like recreate at home in my head and pretend that I was on that show or I was doing that thing. Like I loved Zoom on Same where they were like <laughs> doing crafts and like um I don't even remember what they did, but I would like pretend to do crafts and like or like have like a fake cooking show and be talking to myself. So like I don't know, I feel like all of the pop culture stuff that I was really initially into was definitely just like stuff that I saw as an extension of myself, which, and it definitely wasn't at all. Like it definitely wasn't made for me even a little bit, but I was like, well, Zoom was, but like, I'm trying to think of like Michelle Branch, like all, like her, uh, what's it called? The Spirit Room, her debut album, that I like ran ragged. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anything that I was like, I felt like I could see myself in even a teeny tiny bit, I like just grabbed onto. Do you still have that desire to be famous? No, not in like any kind of real way. I think, well, I feel like no. I feel like, I don't know. Is there a way to answer that yes and not sound like an asshole? Like, I feel like. I Hey, own it. Like, honest, you know, I struggle with it because I don't want to be famous per se, but do I want the perks of fame? Like 100%. But that's yes. more what it is for me. Like, I want the perks. So yes. I don't think there's anything embarrassing about admitting it for whatever reason that you yeah. may want it. Yeah, I'm not like, yeah, I don't have the desire to be like an influencer. I want to be famous in the way that people were famous when they got discovered like in a mall and like <laughs> then they just got to like show up to red carpets. That's the kind of fame that I want. I don't want to actually have to do anything. I just want to get some somebody like dress me up and like take pictures of me. <laughs> and that's the extent of it. Oh my gosh, same. I, I, I wish I just want glam done on me whenever I yes. want it done is, is really the dream life. Real, truly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you, this is kind of like a broad overarching question, but is there anything that's on the top of your mind about, you know, the celebrosphere pop culture right now in this moment? Um, I mean, the thing I'm most obsessed with is all of the press surrounding Don't Worry Darling. Like I've been trying to <laughs> limit my intake of it a little bit so I don't go too far down the rabbit hole but like I was very into Spitgate still am very into Spitgate I want to believe that he did spit on him because just the idea that a grown man with the level of fame that Harry Styles has would literally spit on another grown man is very funny to me and also very disgusting but yeah I've been following that following all of the like Florence Pugh Olivia Wilde stuff Miss Flo yeah, I'm very. Are you taking in. a side on it? My side is that I'm a um, enthusiastic observer of all parties. <laughs> I don't know if I have. I don't feel like I know enough about any one side. It the stuff that I've heard does make it seem like maybe the experience filming on set wasn't great for anybody that wasn't Harry Styles. But um, yeah, who knows? That's all hearsay do you have do you have a side are you picking sides oh I mean I feel like I'm just sort of team flow whatever like how do you I know I you know what I should just stick with my guns and be like <laughs> how do how can you not be team Florence Pugh 
but like, I but I also you know, hate it because like the you know the feminist side of me or the faux feminist side, I like I don't even know right. I I don't want to pit two women against each other I you know I I do admire that Olivia Wilde is a successful director and has done what she's done but I do think again this is just me imagining my life of fame and uh, on a movie set I think it would be uncomfortable to be on a set where you know you know the director's like banging the right lead yeah <laughs> and the lead is also Harry Styles like I feel like I mean obviously Florence Pugh is also like a very big figure like she's a, a huge celebrity but yeah the idea that you, she would have to grapple with those politics in addition to like working right know. and <laughs> and just yeah I think the level of fame with Harry is on such a different level than almost anyone at this point of time in time oh yeah yeah I was trying I don't know I was talking to someone the other day I was trying to figure out like who like I feel like Harry Styles and like Taylor Swift probably Beyonce I feel like it's like singers that have then crossed over into other spheres that are at this level of fame that is just like untouchable and yeah like there's regardless of what they do they are going to be famous like I don't know seems like forever yeah yeah and I think with the whole Spitgate thing my take on that was I couldn't even believe it got as much many legs under it as it did because that is very surprising yeah <laughs> I was just like they're at this very public thing they know all eyes are on them like in what world are people really gonna think that Harry would spit on Chris Pine like I just couldn't get my head around it but I I know crazier things have happened but I, I don't know yeah I wish I would have seen the video without hearing like without hearing anything and then I don't know made my judgments on it because once someone says like look it looks like he spits on him obviously my brain's gonna be like well let's sit back and see when he spits on him (laughs) right right you're primed to look for it right oh gosh I mean I could go I could talk about don't worry darling forever so I'm glad that you were on the same page with yeah it comes out this weekend doesn't it yes I I'm like want to book my tickets today because I it's starting to play in the theaters on Thursday so I'm Mm -hmm. like I got to get my sister to come with me I'm so ready I actually I was so sad because last night I had um like free tickets through Amex to go see it but I live in West Palm and it was down in Miami and I was like I just don't think I have it in me to drive in rush hour traffic down to Miami to see this movie like three days early (laughs) but I I almost did because they have free concessions I'm like Bailey like the free concessions are worth way less than like the gas it's gonna take you to get down there but (laughs) I honestly the thing yeah the things I would do for free snacks are I don't know it's it's kind of embarrassing but agreed I mean free anything I'm a sucker yeah okay you seem to draw a lot of inspo for your articles from TikTok Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love TikTok. No, no shame in that. Uh, but what is your relationship with the app? Um, we are in a very one-sided relationship where I'm just it's it's TikTok is my boyfriend, but it doesn't know it. Like I I can't like I haven't I think I've made one TikTok and it was mostly just to see if I could. <laughs> I think I and I think I've made a total of three TikToks, two that I've like hidden and that are for literally no one to see because I wanted to see if I could do a transition that was cool and the answer is I cannot (laughs) so I am very much just like a lurker I like I don't know everyone is so funny I'm like so pleasantly surprised by just how fucking funny everything is and weird and like I don't know yeah my relationship is that I unabashedly love it 
It's it's so fun. I also did find your TikTok, um, and you do have one <gasps> no! TikTok of your very cute dog. That that's all that's there. Oh, Just that's very... what it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I gotta hide these things better. Yes, I'm sorry. Again, I, you know, I like to do my research. So I was like, oh, I wonder if she posts any TikToks. And she clearly, like, I know you spend time on it. Sure like, she's very up to date. But yeah, um, I think you no, need to start. I admire, I admire the level of uh, ingenuity that you are taking going through the annals <laughs> of all of my social media. I'm sorry, really, not to be interested. No, 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 just, no. I'm being to... serious. Like the <laughs> the amount I've di- like I I do that to people that I don't know. I do that to people that are like cousins of friends of exes. Like you're doing this for work. It's research. <laughs> it's justified. Oh, okay, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so I want to discuss your article that you recently wrote uh, for the cut about the Reddit sex song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can you give us? kind of a lay of the land on what this story is about yes so I was first introduced to it by a TikTok of a girl that was like thrusting to this bizarre song and like giving some explanation of like how you would thrust on beat and I was like what is going on I feel like I don't have background information on this wait I'm sorry to interrupt you but that was exactly my gateway to this really yes the curiosity of it I I, I can remember the girl I think she was like a blonde girl and I was like I have to find out listen we probably saw the exact same thing yeah yeah sorry continue (laughs) which that is usually how these things start where I'm like I I like jump into the conversation like four pages in where I'm like, I don't know what we're talking about, but I do need to figure it out because it's going to bother me, even if, it, if it's not going to be satisfying, which this is a very satisfying little rabbit hole. But basically, somebody posted on it's not it wasn't am I the asshole? Was it am I the asshole? I don't know. It was some like Reddit subreddit. Um, asking for advice. I can't remember what subreddit it was, but it was a guy who's in his 20s um, talking about (laughs) the playlist that he made for when he has sex and how his girlfriend of two years recently told him that his playlist basically sucks and she doesn't like it and it's weird. And specifically, there's this one song that she's like, I don't like that song. And he was like, no, my favorite song, my favorite song that I nut to. (laughs) um, Then was like going on talking about like how um, he had, he played the the playlist with other partners and nobody else complained. And he like, he made this playlist like when he first, apparently when he first started having sex because he was like uncomfortable and nervous and wanted something that would help him. I don't know, get into the rhythm of it all, which is very funny and maybe endearing, but also kind of weird. But yeah, so, and all in all, uh, this, the song that this guy apparently thought was really good for making love is just, I don't even know how to describe it. It's called... I don't know if it's by Seabat or if it's called Seabat. It's like this electronic song that's like kind of arrhythmic. And somebody described it like dolphins mating. Like it is just a weird, weird, weird song. And everybody, oh, I like forgot half of the story. So one of the things that this guy writes in his post is that 
he and his girlfriend were having sex without music, but his girlfriend stopped in the middle and was like, I can tell that you are th- playing that one song in your head and thrusting to it. So everyone was like, what is this song? How could he tell? How could she tell that he was like thinking about the song? And so this then devolved into people trying to figure out how he was having sex to this song in a way that was identifiable, even without music. Right. And the answer is that he's probably just, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. But yeah. <laughs> Which is how we got the TikTok of the girl thrusting to the beat. Yes. To bring yeah. it full circle. Um, exactly. Can you, can you try to like sing the song for us? The yeah. Beat? It's like, that's actually a perfect. I'm really proud of myself. Thank you. I have been humming it nonstop for a month or however long it's been in my head. So, yeah, it's. Have you listened to the very end of the song too? No, I've never listened to the whole song. I that was enough. Oh, good on you. Yeah, good on you for never listening to it. The very end of the song, it ends with like that same melody, but then it's like. It's like a sad trombone sound at the end, which is very funny. Just this idea that that was like, yeah, the horniest song that this guy could think of. Amazing. I love it. This also probably isn't like, then some people were like, it's probably not even real, which like, you know what? I don't really care. It's a funny story regardless. Somebody made it up. Cool. Like, (laughs) right. I was going to ask you if it's real. And it's it's one of those things that, yeah, it's like, we'll probably never know. But the fact that this even exists in someone's mind to make this a reddit post is equally amazing and i also love how many girls have come forward saying that they are the girl like multiple multiple (laughs) people being like i dated this guy like and i'm like you know again they're probably just trying to get views but for all i know one of those girls really did hook up with this man like you know if not that man a different man with another terrible song we've all we've all been that girlfriend so (laughs) And then I loved the um, – I wasn't aware of the Reddit update until your article. Yes. Um, yeah. And he says what made it more awkward is that they recognized the song when it was played at um, a, a dinner. Like, I'm sorry, his sister and his parents recognized the song yeah. when um, it was played at a dinner, which is so mortifying. <laughs> yeah, so apparently the – yeah, the sibling of the girlfriend, the, her sister – told her that this post was going viral and um the sister and then the parents recognized the song because they were like wait they he showed us this song when we were hanging out at dinner one night and apparently the two of them have broken up now so a sad ending or maybe a happy ending you know (laughs) probably probably for the best um and I don't know if this is like something you are allowed to talk about but can you like, do you have to pitch these stories or do you just get to write whatever you want for this column? Um, Kind of the... Oh, it's a combination of both of them. So I work with um, an editor named Erica who's super great. She's been with The Cut for years. Um, and it's a really, like, chill, casual pitching process for this article just because I, like, worked with them. Like, they... I don't know. We have a rapport so yeah I'll like send her an email that's like here's what I think I'm gonna write about here's like kind of just the gist of what it's about and like the angle I'm gonna take and usually she says yes usually if she says no it's because they already have something written about it I usually also don't like pitch stuff that's too well I was gonna say I don't pitch stuff that's too far out there but then we literally just talked about somebody's (laughs) sex playlist so (laughs) yeah they the thing that I've come to find is that there are very few things that the cut 
will say no to when, in terms of like this specific column, which is cool and nice that they trust me enough to write about bonkers stuff. <laughs> yeah. So this was your child then, like this idea, like you. Oh, yeah. Were, okay. This is my perverted little baby. Yep. <laughs> it's all me. <laughs> oh, what do you think causes things like this to become so popular on TikTok? I don't know. The th- way that things get so pop, like virality on TikTok is really baffling to me. I would love to read like an academic paper about it because I feel like similar to Vine, which if I'm dating myself was a like six second video clip app. It was like TikTok before TikTok, but they were all way shorter. Um, it stuff went viral a lot quicker just because they were so short and so people could watch like views would rack up really quickly so i think maybe part of it is the fact that stuff is short so then like view count goes up really quickly but i don't know i think it's smart that people can reuse audio i feel like that's not a thing that that feels, that feels super unique to tiktok the way that people will take yeah like an initial video and then make all of these iterations and all of these jokes on top of the initial joke yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I had, like, a smart answer for it, but I, I am just as, like, in awe of how, like, things just take off. Yeah, it, it's fascinating. And, like I said, the just the randomness of it, I, I love it. Yeah, I feel like there's not any one formula to, like, oh, this is the kind of thing that gets, like, popular on TikTok. Also, just because I feel like everyone's For, your, for You page is super different. So I feel like the things that I think are super viral maybe aren't even on anyone else's for you page right right i experience that all the time with people I'm like you don't know this song the sound yeah. i'm like no right. yeah <laughs> okay i wanted to also talk about your article um about jlo's linkedin page what was your inspo for this my inspiration so sometimes i would say like every like sixth or seventh column is an idea that my editor will send to me like, hey, we saw this and thought that it would be like good fodder for the column. So that was something that Erica, my editor, sent to me and was like, if, if you have any thoughts and feelings on Jennifer Lopez's LinkedIn page. And I was like, boy, do I ever. Um, yeah, which, yeah, so that whole article was mostly just me going through her LinkedIn page, which I got an email from some PR company that represents LinkedIn. And they're like, I know you said in your article that you don't care why Jennifer Lopez has a LinkedIn, but I would like to tell you why. And I said, <gasps> okay. <laughs> what did they say? I don't Is know. Is it just a canned response? Like- <laughs> yeah, basically. It was basically, I mean, it's exactly what you think, where it's like all just like snail eating its or snake snail eating its tail snake eating its tail like cross promotion like i don't know she wants to brand herself as an entrepreneur linkedin wants to be facebook which like why are they trying to be facebook when facebook is dying i don't know but yeah so was it like a brand deal between linkedin and jlo for jlo to have a linkedin profile i don't know if it was like a straight up brand deal but it was something that the like linkedin proper like I mean, like fostered. So, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I didn't like (laughs) read the email email super closely because I'm like, I'm not going to post an update to this like very silly article about like, well, actually, here's why Jennifer Lopez has a LinkedIn page. Because like, no, the funny thing is just that she has it. I don't, I truly don't care why she has it. (laughs) 
And you, you wrote, the only thing that takes me off this fantasy is the fact that you cannot connect with JLo on LinkedIn as her profile essentially functions as a fan page. And so I went and I looked at it and I was like, yeah, I really, I mean, it, it reads like an ad kind of like even her yep. heading image is so, you know, curated and it's, it's something else. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I also subscribe to Jennifer Lopez's newsletter which I did solely so that I could see her engagement announcement when she and Ben Affleck got engaged, which Jennifer Lopez, I'll give her credit. She knows exactly how to market herself because she like teased that something was going on and was like, subscribe to my newsletter to find out. And she, in her newsletter is how she announced that she and Ben Affleck were engaged, which is very funny to me that she was like, I see a marketing opportunity, which yes, of course you do Jennifer Lopez, you do Oh my gosh, I had, I think I said like the same exact thing. I'm like, this is just so genius because yeah. the amount of subscribers she probably got just from those announcements alone. Yeah. yeah. And it was just so, <laughs> oh my God, I, it was just so manufactured. And I mean, I like JLo, but I think everything about her is so curated. Like, I, did you watch her documentary? No, I haven't watched her documentary. Oh my gosh, it's on Netflix and you should watch it because it just reads as like an ad for the brand that is JLo. Where so but like funny. Yeah. but also trying to pull at you kind of emotionally and I mean, she's doing she's doing a great job. Like love it for her, but it's very calculated. I think it's funny how many celebrities will put out like here's this docu like a look into who I am as a person and then it's like yeah, this very like clean packaged like basically just like an hour and a half of marketing for them like the audience won't know like I feel like people are smart enough to know when they're being fed something that's just like I don't know that's just supposed to like promote a brand or person instead of like the actual interesting stuff which is like Jennifer Lopez's LinkedIn page (laughs) and it's in such stark contrast to you know like an Emma Chamberlain or something like these Gen Z influencers who I think they just go about it completely differently so I mean Mm. I love it all I consume all of it but it is yeah the contrast is fascinating yeah I only hate it so much that I'll watch all of it so (laughs) (laughs) okay I want it did you have a chance to read um the Timothée Chalamet Vogue story I did. I haven't read it in a little bit, but I did read it. Okay. Do you just have any general thoughts on our boy, Timmy? My thoughts are that every time I look at him, I feel like he's a kid that I babysat. Like, he, <laughs> I like, I, feel, I don't know. He makes me nervous. I feel like he wants to seem like he is this like ethereal creature, but he's just, just a little guy who probably needs somebody to cut a steak for him. Like, he... <laughs> He, like, reads as such a baby to me. I I don't know. I can't get over that. I also thought it was really funny how I think a couple times the interviewer mentioned, like, he wasn't really answering questions. He was, like, posing questions back to the interviewer or, like, answering a question in this way that was, like, kind of heady but didn't make sense at all, which I thought was very funny. And, like, I feel like that is all I need to know about him. Like, all I need to know is that he is, like, the wheels are spinning enough for him to be, like, I need to seem this way but then doesn't actually do anything to seem that way. He just basically says, like, I want to seem smart. And everyone's like, oh, okay. Also, I will say, I I wish they would have talked about his brief rap career. Would have loved to hear more about that. Same. 
Same. Under underutilized in interviews. I wonder if he's put a kibosh on people talking about that. Probably. But that's see, that's why you need to interview the celebrities because I know you would ask the questions that I want to know. Yeah, I would also probably get in trouble. <laughs> so I would I would either like ask the I would no, I'd probably get too shy and be like, nothing, never mind. Yeah, we can talk about I don't know. How smart you think you are. <laughs> I love, though, how the interviewer described him as um, sprite-like, bounding from a blacked-out Cadillac. And um, the advice that Leonardo DiCaprio gave him that was no yes. hard drugs and no superhero movie. Yes, that was also something that I was like, huh, funny. <laughs> Which he hasn't done a superhero movie, has he? I was trying to, like... Okay, but it isn't Dune pretty adjacent? I oh, mean... Yeah. That's the same like, thing. <laughs> it, yeah. I'm like, okay, it's not Marvel, but it's it's a huge blockbuster, and you are playing effectively, like, the protagonist superhero. Yeah. It, I mean... Yeah, it's a science fiction okay. franchise. You're, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're in the multiverse somewhere. Don't get it, on oh, your high it's horse. Just, it's a matter of time. Like, there's no way he's not being in a Marvel offshoot, right? if you ask me. Also, the idea that Leo would be like, mm, no, I won't take that money. I'm sh- I'm sure. <laughs> And and no hard drugs. Like, Leo, I know you're doing coke (laughs) off models' asses. Like, let's not. How does he define hard drugs? Like, I don't know. You're right. He's like, coke doesn't count. Yeah, he's like, coke doesn't count. Uh, but, you know, I did appreciate that Timmy remembered that he had met this interviewer, like, on a 3 a.m. dance floor moment. And the interviewer is like, he, he's far away from this fuckboy. But I don't think Timmy actually gets portrayed as a fuckboy on the internet. I think he gets portrayed as this, like, French, pretentious, you know, New York, good school kid. Which is what he is. Like, that is what Timmy is. Yeah. So it's odd when people are like, he's portrayed as this. I'm like, no, he is a little pretentious asshole from New York City. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's portrayed relatively fairly. I mean, obviously, like, things are turned up. But, like, yeah, I feel like he seems like less of a fuckboy and more just, like, somebody that was in my creative writing program that I had a crush on that I was like, oh, you know exactly what you're doing. Like, you are putting on this persona, like, yeah, all these airs of, I don't know, trying to seem smart. Except I will say, if I if he started talking to me in French, I would, you know, do anything you want to me to. So. <laughs> Fair. I, but I, I think this is also summed up by, did you hear that TikTok sound of him? It's like, we're heading towards societal collapse. Have you heard that going around? Or is that yes. one that's just particular to yes. <laughs> No, I have. That sounds, very, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> again, his answer is, I'm just like, but again, I eat it up. I listen to all of it. So who am mm-hmm. I to judge or talk? But <laughs> you're right. I, I saw um, a TikTok of his sister, Pauline Chalamet. Are you familiar with her? No. Oh my God. You haven't watched Sex Lives of College Girls? I have. Wait, his sister's on that? Yeah, his sister's Kimberly. What? Oh, I'm so happy I'm getting to tell Mia Mercado about a pop culture moment. Oh, my, my God. Life. <laughs> I also, like, I feel like my blind spots in pop culture are, like, gaping. Like, I feel like I like there are very obvious things that I'm like, what? I didn't know that. <gasps> well, yeah, I have some see- Googling to do. I didn't realize that. And now when you see her, you're only really going to see, like, female Timmy Chalamet because they actually look very similar. Do you need to look her up right now? I'm going to be very rude, and I need to see. Oh, do it. Do it. Because I feel like she's going to, yeah, the second I look at her, she's going to look like. Like, do you know how every celebrity either or every person looks like? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I feel stupid for not being like, oh, obviously. 
you know how every celebrity looks like a rat or a toad though do you, yeah. you know that concept yeah, yeah. I think, or i've also heard um was it poodle and wolf I feel oh like i haven't heard that one yeah i feel like poodle wolf i don't know that some comedian said that i don't remember who but yeah i feel like wait were you gonna say that timmy and pauline are rats for sure yeah <laughs> Like I say gorgeous that, French rats. Oh yeah, as a fellow rat, I feel like I can say that. You know, neither one rat or toad <laughs> is particularly flattering. So, yeah, it's not a it's not a like uh, qualitative statement. It's just no. some of a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, moving on. Are you familiar with Trisha Paytas? Yes. Yeah, I unfortunately am. Are you familiar that she has named her baby Malibu Barbie? Hell yes, I am. Obviously, when that was trending on Twitter, I clicked it thinking that I was going to see more behind the scenes stuff from the Barbie movie. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, it's just what Trisha Paytas named her baby. Which, you know what? Good for her. Wait, Do now that you it. say that, I'm like, that kind of ties in perfectly with the Barbie movie. I hope she gets right? a cameo or something. Right? Just brings the baby to set. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you like the name? Malibu Bar- you know what I don't yeah sure <laughs> I like it. I think Malibu is a I really think cute it's kind of cute and Malibu? she doesn't have to tell people Barbie's her middle name I mean the whole world will know but when she's at right? school and stuff no one has yeah. to know I feel like at this point there is not there are, I don't know if there's a name that somebody could give their child that would surprise me Malibu Barbie yeah sure why not <laughs> do you have any <laughs> predictions on what Kylie Jenner's baby name is oh yeah because she still hasn't said no um it's not wolf is that isn't that like for sure yes confirmed oh i don't i feel like i am not deep within the kardashian lore enough to know the like the etymology of how they name their kids i feel like there's i don't know who it is there's someone on tiktok that does a really good job predicting baby names specifically of like of like celebrities but also like the mormon instagram influencers which are oh i've all seen her yes. yes i'm sure she would have a, a good answer for that i don't know i hope it's something really regular what if it's just like oliver like it's just <laughs> i would love that i either want it to be that or just something else weather related to go with stormy like to me that's the only yeah. two options cloud yeah oh that's cute i like that it could be sky sky is a name I mean, anything. Cloudy name, sky. Cloudy that. sky. <laughs> That's gorgeous. We'll go with that. Any thoughts on the Taylor Swift um, TikTok where she had a song in the background by this person named? I'm so glad you asked me this. I wish okay. I, all I, oh my God. I'm like very deep into Swift talk, but also like f- very much feel like a spectator. Like I don't, I don't consider myself like a hardcore taylor swift fan but admire her game she was like come like we're about the same age so like similar to literally anybody else that is famous in my age as i was growing up i was like me that's me i'm gonna just pay attention to them because that's there that's me um yeah so i feel like i have just been following everything she does but yes i've been i why don't people think it's ed sheeran <laughs> Do people think it's Ed Sheeran on that song? I think so it's, some people do. Okay. I've heard Ed Sheeran. I've heard Harry Styles. Um, I've heard A Friend of Joe's. Yes. My theory is that it is, and this is like such a boring theory, and I'm definitely not the first one to have this. She, back when Killing Eve 
was on, she did that song, like the cover mm-hmm. of What You Made Me Do. Mm-hmm. And that was obviously her brother singing the cover. But at the time, it was just released as this random band called like Jack Leopards and the Dolphins. Yeah. So I think this is a similar thing. And again, I gave no lead in on this. I apologize to the listeners. Basically, Taylor released a TikTok about the making of Midnight's, and it was by this person named Nice Boy Ed, and it's called Life You Lead's the name of the song. And this artist had never existed before he just popped up on spotify not much known about him so my theory that i'm putting in the books is that it's austin swift um but do you have do you think it's ed sheeran i don't know i i would co-sign that it's uh austin swift i've also heard i it i would believe that it's like a combination of people like that she's on background vocals that they've like cranked way down and it's I I would believe that it's Joe. I would believe that it's Austin. I don't know. I I'm interested if it's if it's a song that she wrote. Like I'm curious whether or not it's actually one of her songs. Oh, that's which also is, my theory. Which is that I was going to say that it's yeah one of the song. I think it's one of the songs on the album. I would love that. I would that. I think that's really fun. <laughs> And I'm, I'm sad that we won't know until August, or October 21st. Oh, exactly a month from tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. I love, I mean, you know, I feel like a lot of Taylor Swift fans are kind of just like chasing down their own rabbit hole, which I feel like they all know too, which I admire and respect. But also as, as a lover of little puzzles and games, I'm here for it. I like it. I Me like too, everyone so just. fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I've I've never understood why other celebrities don't use that same tactic, right? Even just like to tease it, because I feel like at this point she wouldn't have to do that much work. She could literally like do one little thing and then just see what everyone else is saying and be like, "Oh, that's a fun theory. I'll just do what this person said." Exactly. Yeah, everyone's doing your marketing for you. Right. So I just I don't know why other I don't know if it's because other celebrities don't want to step on her toes because they really feel like she has such a market in that. But literally, there's just such a lack of Easter eggs. And if I was a celebrity. I'd be fucking leaving that shit everywhere. I wouldn't be able to plan yeah. it as well as she does, but that's half the fun. Like, make it fun. Damn. Yeah, have a, just little fun games. More yeah. more fun games. More little word clues places. That's what I want. <laughs> okay, and on that note, I think we've made it to our legit shit for the day, which you can share an item that you've been loving recently. Do you have one in mind? Yeah. Um, I loved the grub street diet so grub street is a an imprint of um new york magazine like the cut is and they run a i don't know if it's a weekly column or it's every couple weeks um called grub street diet where they have some notable person talk about what they've eaten that week which i love it's like the exact level of voyeurism that i am into i also just love knowing what people eat because i think that's fascinating um and Karen Chi, who is a comedian and a writer for Seth Meyers, um, did it most recently. And it's just really lovely and fun. And she talks about all the friends that she is getting food with and just says really nice things about her friends. It's just like a very heartwarming, sweet read where she talks about eating eggs. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. I have to start reading that. All of those. I, I don't even oh, know if I've ever read fun. one. Because oh, I've read parts really of Grub fun. Street. Okay, yeah. I'm excited. Grub Street Diet is Kat Cohen has one that's really nice. Oh, yeah. She's a comedian. Yes, I'm um, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Those are the like two that come to mind that I loved. 
What was the best thing you ate this week? There's a Vietnamese coffee place that just opened in Kansas City. Um, and they ha- I had an ube latte. Oh, my <gasps> God. It was so good. <laughs> um, yeah. So my, my, my mini grub sheet diet is that ube latte, which I would just eat for a week straight if that wasn't wildly unhealthy for me to do. Oh, my God. I, ube flavored anything I love. So yeah. And it's so amazing. pretty. I love yeah, it. Yeah, the color. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, Mia, where can the listeners find you? Um, I'm on Twitter at Mia Market. I'm on Instagram at Mia.Market because I think an Italian grocery store has Mia Market. <laughs> um, I have a book that just came out called She's Nice, Though. Um, and I write a weekly column for The Cut called I Can't Shut Up About. So, I don't know, Google me. <laughs> Yay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mia. Yeah, thank you. You're getting kind of cute, right? I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. It was such a delight having Mia on. She was so much fun. I wanted to share my legit shit for the week because y'all know I can't miss a week. And it is the Dr. Brenner Vitamin C. I get this off of Amazon. I, of course, have it linked in the show notes. This is apparently a dupe for SkinCeuticals CE Ferulic, which is quite expensive if you're familiar with that. And it's a lot of people's holy grail. I've actually never tried that. Um... I just didn't want to shell out for it. And I thought I'd try this dupe first. And if you compare the ingredients, they are like 99% the same, which is crazy because uh, SkinCeuticals has a patent on that formulation. So I don't really know how Dr. Brenner gets away with it, but I swear this stuff is a great vitamin C serum if you are in the market for one. So again, as usual, I would love it if you guys rate and reviewed the podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or share this episode with a friend if you enjoyed it. Thank you to me and thank you guys for listening. Bye.